You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Happy Monday, everybody. And happy Victory Monday. The Timberwolves defeated the Golden State Warriors on Sunday night by 20. This is the postgame podcast. We're going to break the whole thing down, including key takeaways, individual studs and duds. Lots to talk about. A really entertaining win. Fun to see the Timberwolves pull away late in a game that could have been really close and was really close for most of the first two and a half quarters. Uh, but the Wolves did put this away late. So we're going to we're going to break it all down on the show here today. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, and as well, of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so setting this one up, obviously Golden State did not have Steph Curry. He injured his hand on Friday. Not a serious injury, but they decided to hold him out of the game uh, in their big win over the Bulls on Friday night. So no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, who's out with the calf injury. Klay Thompson did play as he, this is, I think it was his fourth game back after not playing for basically three years uh, after all the injuries that he's undergone. Um, And I mean... So obviously no Curry, no Green matters, right? But they still had Klay Thompson. They had their, you know, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are the second and third leading scorers. I guess flip that. Wiggins and Poole are the second and third leading scorers. So this wasn't a completely bare bones Warriors team. Uh, The Timberwolves were four and a half point favorites, according to our friends at betonline.ag. I actually thought that was a little bit high um, because, I mean, Golden State's still a good team, right? It's the number one defensive team in the league. Again, no Draymond Green, but still really good defensively. Um, and still the second best team in the Western Conference. So this was by no means, uh, you know, this wasn't like the Santa Cruz Warriors. It wasn't the G League team, right? This this was still a fairly competitive Warriors team, or, or, or at least it should have been. And it was early. I mean, both teams struggled offensively early in this game. Bad shooting on both ends of the floor. Uh, each team was like, they were both under 20% from three at one point late in the first quarter, early second quarter, really, really bad shooting. Um, and then as the second quarter progressed, it was a little bit better offensively. It was, it was really a physical game, but it became more physical as the game went on. Um, we'll talk more about this here in key takeaways, but the Timberwolves didn't get very many calls in the paint early in the game that shifted as the game went on. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns was getting frustrated. He was very good in the paint, not so good outside the arc and, and credit to Cat. Uh, again, we'll get to this later as well, but he kind of fought through some of the non-calls and actually was continued to be aggressive and, and play tough inside. D'Angelo Russell was masterful in the pick and roll against one of his former teams. Um, well, the shot wasn't falling for D'Lo in this game. He had 12 dimes in just 22 minutes. He did turn it over five times. There were a couple of sloppy plays, but he had a couple of beautiful pocket passes early in the game. Um, and, and I mean, that was kind of what the Wolves offense was early was Jared Vanderbilt dunks. He had three dunks on pick and roll plays. I think all passes from D'Lo early in this game. Um, Towns had a couple offensive rebound putbacks early in the game. It was just a lot of Vanderbilt dunks on D'Lo assists and Towns putbacks on offensive rebounds. That was essentially the Wolves offense. They couldn't hit the broad side of the barn from the perimeter. Um, and uh, it, it was just frustrating offense. Ultimately, the Wolves were up by six at halftime, though. And third quarter, um, there was just kind of this weird, uh, this weird, I don't know, sequence of plays midway through the third quarter. The Wolves were down by four with 7.45 left in the third. Carl Anthony Towns completed a three-point play. So remember, the Wolves were up six at halftime. They led most of the way. In fact, Golden State got the lead a few minutes into the third quarter. It was their first lead since midway through the first quarter. 
Cat gets a three-point play. Patrick Beverly takes a charge, which initially is called a block. Then the other official comes in and says, no, he was outside the restricted area. It's actually a charge. Then Steve Kerr challenges, loses the challenge. So it stands as a charge. Kerr gets called for the technical. The Wolves make the free throw. It's a tie game again. And then that's when, as a Timberwolves fan, you see Golden State take the lead back again. So you get that little momentum swing. You think, oh, no way. We got the call. Things are going our way. Then all of a sudden, Golden State's back up 77-73. And and Timberwolves fans are no doubt thinking, here we go again. Uh, Even though the Wolves have played the Warriors fairly well over the last couple of years, it's still the Warriors. And it's still a game where, um, you know, you could see this thing slip away. Instead, Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel really went to work. And we'll talk more about this too. But uh, late third, early fourth quarter, there was a stretch where 16 of the Timberwolves' 18 points were scored by Jalen Noel or Malik Beasley. I think Towns had an offensive rebound put back in the middle there somewhere. And then after that, it was Jaden McDaniels had a couple of big fourth quarter buckets as the Timberwolves built a double digit lead. The flurry at the end of the third gave the Timberwolves a 10 point lead going to the fourth. And they were able to put it away actually pretty quickly. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, neither one of those guys had to see the floor at all in the fourth quarter. I believe Towns started the quarter on the floor and then and then left for good uh, because Minnesota just kept piling it on. Again, a lot of Noel, a lot of Beasley, a lot of McDaniels. And the Timberwolves just kept extending the lead. It ultimately got over 20 with a couple of minutes left and the last three, four minutes were just completely garbage time. Um, in fact, the Warriors in the fourth quarter did not make a single field goal from the, from the field, a single shot from the field until right before the six minute mark. So the first half of the fourth quarter, Golden State had zero made field goals. Um, and the Wiggins made a, a classic Wiggins contested long two uh, that that uh, that got Golden State their first made shot from the field of the fourth quarter. Uh, but... The Timberwolves defense, by the way, was phenomenal in the second half. It wasn't that great early in Golden State was just missing open shots, but second half defense, the Timberwolves were flying all over the place. They were contesting shots on the perimeter, covering for one another. The rotations were crisp. There were basically no open shooters for Golden State or very few open shooters, and they weren't getting anything at the rim either. The Timberwolves won the points in the paint battle by quite a bit, uh, which which I want to hit on here in a little bit too. But um, all things considered, that, that Noel Beasley initiated run late third through the really through the rest of the game. That was it Um, in a game that easily could have gone either way with, with the wolves getting some breaks in terms of the officiating and things like that, just the ball bouncing their way in the third quarter. uh, It's it, but yet golden state was right there. Golden state retook a lead a little more than halfway through the third quarter, but the Timberwolves bench primarily was able to, to retake the lead and put the golden state warriors away. Uh, I want to get into key takeaways next. I've got a few, uh, that, uh, that I'm excited to talk about here. You know, the bench points of the paint, a few different things here to, to cover. So we're going to do that next. And then we'll close the show as we always do by looking at individual studs and duds from the wolves warriors game. First though, uh, let's talk about our friends over at Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash MBA. For a free 14-day trial, get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, Shopify is more than a store. You can connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. And Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots to and beyond. 
Again, shopify.com slash locked on NBA for a free 14 day trial. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right, before we get to uh, to key takeaways here, uh, again, a thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. For your next listen, be sure to check out Lockdown Now. The Lockdown Now podcast has nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Lockdown Now on Apple, Spotify, or you can simply watch it on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. All right, let's get into key takeaways from this one. So number one for me uh, is the points in the paint. I, I alluded to this earlier. The Timberwolves were a plus 22 on points in the paint against the Warriors. And Golden State is a relatively efficient team inside. They also are a fantastic defensive team in the paint. They're number one, not only in defensive efficiency, they were the number one team coming into this game in defensive rating league-wide. They're also number one in effective field goal percentage, which means that they make opponents work to score. They make opponents uh, essentially score in inefficient ways uh, in order to get their points. The Timberwolves were extremely efficient. A plus 22 in the paint in this game was not expected. Now, no Draymond Green certainly helps that. Steph Curry obviously gets some gets some buckets in the paint as well. But for the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, 11 and 20 shooting, he was only one of six outside the arc in this game. He was phenomenal inside. 10 of 14 on two-point attempts. And I don't think he had any non-paint twos in this game. I think it was all in and around the paint. No mid-range jumpers for Cat in this game. He had 11 rebounds, four of which were offensive. The Timberwolves played the Golden State Warriors to a draw on the glass. Golden State coming into this game was the number one team in the league in defensive rebound rate as well. The Timberwolves are a good offensive rebounding team, but Golden State is the best defensive rebounding team in the league. And they only had two players that had nine or more rebounds. Otto Porter Jr. had nine. Kevon Looney had 12 in 25 minutes. Uh, but the Timberwolves, they, they really, for long stretches in this game, especially when they when they kind of took the lead back late in the third quarter, controlled the paint and controlled the glass. And that was really kind of the overall key to this one, that and keeping Carl Anthony Towns out of foul trouble, uh, both of which happened. Um, and Towns picked up, by the way, a couple of early fouls uh, early in this game. He played with two fouls, stayed on the court with two fouls early in the game, and ended up only committing three on the entire night. So that was a you know credit to Towns for not allowing himself to spiral and get into foul trouble early, and credit to Chris Finch for leaving him on the floor, allowing him to work through that. But the point here is the points in the paint, the rebounding battle, to be to be a net zero rebounding against the Warriors and a plus 22 points in the paint, that is how you beat the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and, and the Timberwolves were really impressive. Mostly a credit to Carl Anthony Towns there. Uh, Nas Reed was very good off the bench. Nine points, nine rebounds. Had a block himself. Um, Towns added a couple of blocks. We'll talk about Jaden McDaniels in a little bit. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt was very good. I mean, he didn't stuff the stat sheet necessarily, but he also didn't have to play in the fourth quarter. He only played 24 minutes in this game, had 10.6 rebounds. But the Timberwolves as a team did what they needed to do in the painted area and and played really well in terms of points in the paint and rebounding. Uh, The second key takeaway is the backcourt performance off the bench. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, those guys did not have outstanding shooting nights. Um, In fact, combined Edwards, Beverly, and Russell combined to shoot eight of 24. That's 33% from the field, the three of them. They combined to shoot four of 14 outside the arc, um, which I can't do that math that quickly in my head, but it's not great. It's, it's, it's less than 33%, right? Um, so neither, none of those three played well in terms of shooting the ball, at least outside the arc. Now we talked about D'Lo distributing the ball really well early. Beverly was very good defensively as he usually is. And Edwards just really, the, the, my credit 
to him is he didn't force things in this game. He only had eight shot attempts in 28 minutes. He had a couple of really difficult, he hit an amazing step back three on the right wing. Um, and generally played fine. Um, but he didn't need to do much late in this game. It was towns in the paint and it was the bench, uh, who I want to talk about here in a second that did what the wolves needed them to do. And on a game when they were clanking all these shots from the perimeter early, I mean, Dilo was Oh, five outside the arc. They needed Malik Beasley and Jaden, uh, uh, Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel to step up and score the basketball. And they did. Now we know Noel has been doing that. Obviously he missed the last game, sprained his ankle early in the game, uh, two night, two games ago, but Malik has been cold for a long time outside of a couple of games early in the health and safety protocols thing. When a lot of guys were missing, he played well early and then kind of, you know, the stats kind of petered out for him towards the end of that. And then since guys have come back, he's moved back to the bench. He hasn't been as good, but this was a phenomenal game for Malik Beasley. 16 points. I was actually surprised to see he didn't score more than 16 points. He made four of his five threes came late in the third, early fourth quarter. Overall for the game, five of 10 shooting, five of nine outside the arc, a very good game for Malik. And he competed defensively in the first half. He didn't score much. I think he hit one three in the first half, just the one bucket, but was really good defensively. And that's not something we've said about Malik Beasley much over the past two years, but he was solid. He was fighting through screens. He was staying in front of guys. Uh, he got scored on a couple of times, but he was competing and playing hard. And I mean, good things come to those that are playing hard on both ends of the floor, right? And eventually the shots started to fall for Malik, really hoping that this is a springboard to something greater for him, because obviously the expectations are a lot higher than what he's done so far this season. Um, I want to talk about Jalen Noel, who, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, and hopefully you are, um, Jalen Noel is one of my favorites. I mean, I think he's somebody who should have gotten an opportunity sooner than he did. And he didn't, he essentially played backup point guard in the second half of this game. He didn't run point at all in the first half. Uh, Patrick Beverly, it, it was either D'Angelo Russell or Patrick Beverly was on the floor. Noel was in the rotation. He was on the court, but he was always with either Beverly or Russell. Second half, Patrick Beverly left the floor with roughly three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And Beverly and Russell never came back in the game. Jalen Noel ran point for the last three minutes of the third quarter and all the way until the final two minutes of the game when it was garbage time and he came out of the game. Over that span, well, first the Timberwolves closed the third quarter on a seven to one run with Jalen Noel running the point, running point. Over that span of, uh, so what is that? Roughly 15 minutes, right? Uh, 10 fourth quarter minutes, and uh, 13 minutes. So the last three minutes of the third quarter, the first 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, 13 minutes or so, the Timberwolves outscored the Warriors 34 to 16. No Patrick Beverly, no D'Angelo Russell on the floor. All Jalen Noel and Malik Beasley essentially scoring. Jaden McDaniels as well, uh, who we'll talk about here in a second. But Jalen Noel did a fantastic job running the Timberwolves offense. And uh, and he needs to be commended for that. And, and we need to see more of him getting these opportunities. We're starting to see more and more of him getting to initiate offense. And he's not a full-time point guard. But we really start to see him shine when he has the ability to run the offense and to operate in pick and roll, to call his own number or to distribute. He's not a dynamic passer. He's not D'Angelo Russell as a passer by any means. Um, but he's, to this point, makes pretty solid decisions with the ball in his hands. Um, and that's not something that I don't know that anybody really knew that about Jalen Noel, that he was going to be that good of a decision maker until he got on the court. His reputation was as kind of a gunner, right? He scored a lot. He's Pac-12 player of the year. He's last year in Was at Washington, University of Washington. Um, and he scored a lot in the G League. He was kind of a three-point shooter that wasn't making threes early in his NBA career when he got when he got a chance to play. Um, and he can score in the mid-range. There are, I've talked about this a lot on the show, his game is an interesting mix between Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. He's more parts those guys in terms of somebody who's more ball dominant, a little bit more of a bulldog, can get into the paint, 
um, can shoot in the mid range than he is, say, a Malik Beasley. They're both Beasley and Noel are similar in only in the sense that they're both shoot first guys. They're both scorers. They both can be spark plugs off the bench type of a thing. But the way that Noel plays is far more like D'Lo and far more like Anthony Edwards. Somewhere in between those two, he's obviously not got the Ed, he doesn't have the Edwards athletic ability, although he's more athletic than D'Lo and he doesn't quite have the the passing acumen of a D'Lo, but he's somewhere in the middle of those two guys. Um, and we saw that on display full, fully on display in this game. So fantastic Jalen Noel game. Um, and then the last thing would be Jaden McDaniels. It'd be easy to overlook Jaden McDaniels game. And, and again, if you're a regular listener, you know, I'm pretty hard on Jaden McDaniels. I think that he maybe got a little bit too much praise too early last year for how he was playing uh, on both ends of the floor, but he was really good in this game. And the box score doesn't really show that. You look You look at the box score, you see the four of 12 uh, from the floor, one of five outside the arc, three turnovers, three fouls in 21 minutes. But he played well. This is one of those cases where uh, the box score doesn't tell the whole story. He had a couple of blocks. They were both awesome. They were both really impressive blocks. Uh, he had two steals in this game. Um, his three-pointer that he made was timely. And he had a couple of very nice drives to the basket in the second half. And defensively, he was very, very good. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's not going to be in the stud category in terms of my individual studs and duds. We'll get to the next segment here. But let's not overlook what he did in this game. And it's easy to do that because the stat lines of Beasley and Noel and even Nas Reed are, are far sexier in terms of production off the bench. But Jaden McDaniels played a good game on both ends of the floor. And, and to see him with that level of confidence after we saw that dip, right? After Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards came back from the health and safety protocols. We saw good Jaden when they were out for a little while. And then we saw the dip. Um, and, and now if we can get the kind of do it all Jaden McDaniels, who's awake and, and with it on both ends of the floor, that's going to be a really, really good thing for this team. Assuming he's coming off the bench still towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. This is what we need to see out of Jade McDaniels. This is a fantastic game from him. All right, we'll close the show today by looking at individual studs and duds, as we always do. Um, so we're going to get to that next. First, though, before we do, let's talk about our great friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which are often chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bar is covered in 100%. Real chocolate. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in your car, wherever they might be. Throw out all the sugary or calorie filled treats and replace them with built bars. So, whenever you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's actually healthy and it still tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's also talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs. Well, I guess we're there now in the NFL, uh, but continue the march to the playoffs of the NBA. We're, we're 
past the midway point in the regular season uh, in the NBA. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our special promo code Locked On to get started. From football to basketball, hockey to boxing, plus UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. Uh, Not too hard to figure out. Number one, um, let's talk about, well, we already did talk about Jalen Noel. Let's talk about the the line that Jalen put up in this game in 25 minutes off the bench, 17 points on six of nine shooting, three of five on three-point attempts, super efficient. Um, Didn't talk about free-throw shooting much earlier. The Timberwolves were not good from the free-throw line. It was one of the few areas they really struggled in this game. Jalen was just two of four at the line. But 17 points efficiently on nine shots. 17 points on nine shots, four assists, two rebounds, just one turnover. Again, initiate an offense for a solid 13 minutes in the second half of this game, four assists to one turnover, one block. And he was a plus 21 in 25 minutes. He was phenomenal. Spent a lot of time talking about him already. Don't need to say much more other than he was absolutely one of the best players on the floor in this game. Also, Carl Anthony Towns, really good and easy to overlook. I, I don't want to, and, and, and I talked a little bit about him in my first key takeaway last segment. Uh, I, I don't want to gloss over this because Malik was very good and Jalen was very good and McDaniels and Nas Reed. Uh, the bench was great. And, and I talked a little bit about Ant, Pat Bev and D'Lo struggling, but Carl Anthony Towns was really good in this game. Um, and I don't want that to get lost because this was, this was, you know, one of those, uh, you know, blue collar type performances from Carl Anthony Towns where it wasn't pretty. It was a lot of offensive rebounding. It was a lot of, um, you know, scoring through guys, a couple of and one opportunities where guys were literally hanging on his arms and he should have had more than five free throw attempts in this game. He was getting hammered early in this game and he was not getting any foul calls. I understand the Wolves got some whistles late in the game. Early in the game though, Cat should have gotten to the line a lot more. He was again, 10 of 14 inside the arc, 10 of 14 in the paint. I believe they were all paint shot attempts in the paint. Just one of six outside the arc, but 26 points, 11 rebounds, one assist for Cat, two blocks in this game and just the one turnover, only three fouls committed in 30 minutes. Anytime Cat can have a game with just three fouls and one turnover, uh, you know he played a clean game and he was really good and, and I don't want that to get lost in this one. My third stud, uh, it could either be uh, Malik Beasley or Nas Reed. I'll go with Malik. Uh, we talked about him quite a bit already, but his shooting was very timely. It's basically his four of his five made threes were were as part of that run that took the Wolves from down four to up double figures, up 10 going to the fourth quarter that quickly built into a 20-point lead. Malik Beasley's shooting was very timely in this game. 16 points on 10 shots, 5 of 10 shooting, 5 of 9 outside the arc, made his only free throw attempt, 3 assists, 2 rebounds for Malik Beasley, no turnovers in this game. He was uh, tied for a team best plus 27 in the plus minus column in 24 minutes. Very strong game. Also mentioned Nas. Didn't talk about him much earlier. Nine points, nine rebounds for Nas in just 15 minutes, four of five shooting. It was very good in the first half as the Timberwolves kind of built that multi-possession lead in the second quarter. Uh, so a strong game for Nas Reed, which is good because he has not been playing well of late. So it's very good to see him play well. All right, duds in this game. 
uh, it's, you know, I can't give D'Lo a dud. He didn't shoot the ball well, but the 12 assists, I I guess the five turnovers weren't great, but he played well enough early as the Wolves just, I mean, he could have had more assists. The Wolves were just clanking threes, uh, and I guess D'Lo was part of that. But, um, you know, I can't really give him a dud in this game. I think I'll kind of, I'll cheat on this one a little bit, and I'll just say the Timberwolves starters not named Carl Anthony Towns and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, We already talked about this, but again, Ant, Pat Bev, and D'Lo combining to shoot what was it? Eight of 24 from the field, 33% from the field and four of 14 outside the arc. Um, they also had a combined seven turnovers. Now the assist numbers are, are, are buoyed entirely by D'Angelo Russell's four or 12 assists, excuse me, but they had what, uh, 18 assists in this game and, uh, seven turnovers. So not super clean from those three. It didn't matter. And and part of the reason those numbers are so small, right? I mean, Delo scored seven points. Ant had nine. Pat Bev had 10 points. That's because those guys all played 28 or fewer minutes. None of them had to play in the fourth quarter. So that's why those numbers are lower. But early in the game, when obviously the game was very much in the balance, the Timberwolves did not shoot the ball well from the perimeter and they were a little bit sloppy. and, And that has to do with those three guys primarily. I mean, they had the ball in their hands a lot and just didn't play that well early in the game. However, credit to the Timberwolves as a team for playing so hard defensively and all those guys played good defense in the third quarter for the most part. Um, So this was one of those games where the shots weren't falling early. The defense was a half step slow and maybe it's because they had the two day break. They haven't played since Friday. Who knows? But by the third quarter, things had heated up. The offense was flowing. The defense was rotating on a string um, and things just just improved very rapidly. Um, So it, it is, you know, it, it almost feels wrong to have a dud category in this game because ultimately the Wolves played very well and got the 20-point win over a good team, even though they were missing two of their better players. All right, the Timberwolves have Monday off. They don't play on MLK Day this year. They'll get back in action Tuesday night against the Knicks. That's at New York. So this is a, a one-game homestand, if you will. I don't think it's technically a homestand if it's one game, but here we go. Uh, just just one one game at home. Back out on the road to New York to take on the Knicks at Madison Square Garden Tuesday night. That's a 6.30 p.m. Central tip. Games on NBA TV, and then they'll also play Wednesday night um, on the road. I believe that's the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm going to confirm that. Uh, Yes, Wednesday night is Atlanta. So the road back-to-back, New York, Tuesday, Atlanta, Wednesday, both 6.30 p.m. Central tips. And then a couple more days off, or actually three days off, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, before the Timberwolves come back home to take on the Nets next Sunday. So a light week, only three games this week for the Wolves, Um, but... All that to say, on Tuesday, we'll preview Wolves-Knicks. The Timberwolves, of course, haven't seen the Knicks here in a little while. Um, so we will uh, we will preview that game on Tuesday's show and look ahead to the rest of the week. Uh, remember, the Wolves lost to the Knicks just after Christmas. Um, that was the home game right after they beat the Celtics. They lost to the Knicks at home uh, the next night. So uh, we'll get to see Tom Thibodeau again here in, in just a couple of days. So we'll talk all about that on Tuesday's show. Obviously, trade deadline's now within a month, so there's all kinds of stuff to talk about related to that. Um, it'll all come, all, it will all be upcoming on the show all week long. Of course, we're daily Monday through Friday, so stick with us here the rest of the week. Thank you to those of you that are regular Locked on Wolves listeners and do make Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and anywhere else you might like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And as long as you're making Locked On Wolves your first listen, go ahead and make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.